Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild, every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, I am your host, Joe Boulay of ZoneCoverage.com, and with me is Tony Abbott of also ZoneCoverage.com. And why, why, Tony, are we changing the pronunciations of our name? It's because we've got a real pronunciation for one Kirill Kaprizov. Yep, uh, I, 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 am, uh, I am, you know, I am listening to it. A uh, hundred times in a parking lot, like uh, Wayne Campbell trying to learn Chinese, <laughs> and uh, it's I'm pretty uh, sure it was Cantonese, but yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. I I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't have I, I I have near perfect memory of '90s comedies. Not uh, not complete memory. I'm I'm sorry for uh, for the mistake. Uh, anyways, that is today's breaking news. Kirill Kaprizov official pronunciation is now officially a part of the Minnesota wild. And you know what? If I have to relearn how to say his name, then, and if that's what it takes for him to sign, then, uh, then I will, I will, I will learn a new pronunciation every year. Hey, if I have to listen to his pronunciation while I sleep to get it right, because I'm going to be saying it way more. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. Kirill Kaprizov. Kareel Kaprizov. Kareel Kaprizov. Kareel Kaprizov. In Soviet Russia, Kaprizov (laughs) Kareel's you. (laughs) Soviet Russia, Kareel signs with you. Anyways, uh, yeah, that is today's big news. Big time news. Uh, Drafted in the fifth round in what, 2015? We've been waiting and waiting and waiting. COVID hit. We waited some more, and finally today was like a big celebration. Obviously, you know, we love the breaking news. Uh, the rush of the breaking news is a lot of fun. Uh, it was nice to see. Not only the NHL opened up Phase 3 operations where teams were opening up their training camp 2.0. We're entering Phase 3, Phase 3. Right, exactly. Uh, we've got uh, we got some news, and so that's what today's episode is going to be about. Um Obviously, we're going to lead off with uh, Kaprizov, but also Dean Evison uh, had the interim label uh, removed, and now he is the head coach for the Minnesota Wild for the next two years. So we'll get into that in our third segment, but we do want to go heavy on Kaprizov. So uh, in general, uh, what was your initial thoughts of his his signing? I mean, I think we kind of had a feeling that he might have ex- that he was going to sign this week. But now that it's official, were you in jubilation running around naked with your shirt waving around above your head? I am pretty happy that he signed just because uh, that means that he is, he's locked down for next year. That's really great. Uh, And, and I I don't want to discount that at all, but like, I was just kind of thinking like, um, you know, you you finally have what you want in Kirill Kaprizov Mm -hmm. uh, signing in Minnesota. And through no fault of his own or the wild zone or anything like that, it uh, it, it comes with a, it comes with a caveat. It's like I wish we had 
Kirill Kaprizov in a monkey's paw curled, and uh, and we uh, got we got him into you know this training camp. He can practice with the team uh, and, and get acclimated to his teammates, which is uh, about as important as anything else. I think I think it's very right, important yeah. for him to um, for him to be acclimated into the team culture, for him to uh, to get into. Uh, the Minnesota Wild organization, and and, uh, and uh, I, I think uh, you'll really be happy that the guy at the top is Bill Guerin, and not uh, not Paul Fenton, who is uh, right. who is a very off putting person. I have heard, I've heard tell, I've <laughs> <laughs> heard heard some rumblings inside the organization that we don't have any sources to. So I, I, I am excited for him to come into, uh, to the wild locker room where, uh, there are finally good vibes. I, I, maybe that's what kept him away for so long. You know, the bad vibes that were supposedly in the locker room that were whispered about for years in the locker room, they became good vibes this year. Thanks to Marcus Foligno and his whitewater rafting helmet. And now, uh, and now with the good vibes, we can have Kirill Kaprizov in, and uh, right, yeah. Uh, but like, it, it is it is a total bummer that we can't see uh, see him get uh, into games this year. Did you see the quote from Leopold when uh, when talking about the, uh, the 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 way the contract signing went down? Yeah, you you should tell it though because you brought it up. Yeah. This is obviously from uh, Marco Russo's article in the Athletic. Uh, he says that um, Craig Leopold asked, he goes, I asked Billy if they wanted my signature too regarding the contract that Kaprizov was going to sign. And he said, only on the paycheck, which I thought was pretty funny. I thought that was uh, obviously, uh, you know, with the, with the, the message that uh, Leopold sent over the, the, what was it? The open letter or maybe it was just a, a Maybe it wasn't even an open letter. It was just a letter addressed to him whenever uh, I think it was, it was either Fenton that went off over there um, and was delivered to him from the owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just kind of expressing like, look, we're really looking forward to you here in Minnesota. And and finally, that day has come. And, um, yeah, you know, the, the big thing with Kaprizov is, you know, we talked about the gamble it is for him to sign the agreement now and burn that first year he's not going to have a ton of performance under his belt uh and it's a big gamble for him but it's this is also a really big gamble for for the team as well and uh when you're waiting for something for so long and the uncertainty is with the khl that this is probably the best scenario you, you can do to make sure that he is locked down and under your control now for for the foreseeable future yeah but at the same time too like you know i i don't know how big of a gamble it actually is going to be like i i think that uh i think that he'll be uh pretty good um and you know he's uh he's 23 so he's older than uh than Granlin was when he came to north america um he's a, a seasoned pro he has uh he has really elevated his play in a lot of you know big time international KHL mm-hmm. uh, related um, you know games like in their championships in uh, in international tournaments he's played at a high level so I am I, I I'm pretty confident that this is going to work out pretty good. Awesome! Did you get order your uh, your jersey yet? Your ninety number ninety seven Kaprizov jersey? I was thinking about it not not right now or anything like that. Um, because like I, I you know I want to I want to be working again right yeah uh, yeah yeah when uh when when I do uh something like that but I really want a 97 jersey 
where Kaprizov's name is in Cyrillic. That would be cool too. Yeah. Didn't wasn't there a Team Russia? Yeah, uh, his yeah I think there was some. His I, I think his name is spelled in Cyrillic in uh at least on some of the the Red Army jerseys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd be really cool too. All right, we got more on the breaking news of today. Uh, we'll get into that shortly after this, but I do want to, before we break and move into that next segment, I do want to talk to you about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the online auto parts store that's been around for 20 years. They're a family owned business. Um, you know, one reason you want to repair and maintain your cars is that you want to save money and then you can use the the extra money for important things like your mortgage or food. So why would you choose to spend 30, 50, maybe even a hundred percent more for the exact same auto part at a chain store or a new car dealership, go to rockauto.com and you get that same part without the special tier pricing because they don't have special tiers for, for your mechanics, for your do it yourselfers and stuff. You know that you're going to go in and they've got a gigantic catalog. So you know that when you go in there, when you go to their website, they're going to have it. So all the reason to look up rockauto.com and check out their website and their catalog. Uh, they are the, the Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. And, uh, you know, they have all the best prices. And when you go to rockauto.com, make sure on the how did you hear about us box, you write in lockdown so they know that we sent you. That's amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Welcome back to the show here. We're breaking down the breaking news of the day where Minnesota Wild have officially inked Kirill Kaprizov to a two-year entry-level deal. He will not debut in the NHL's return to play protocols this, uh, I guess, summer, fall, whatever you want to call it. But he is eligible to play for the 2020 season in 2021. And uh, that's that's big news because the Wild, um, you know, they've got some pieces here. They've got some young 20-somethings all kind of growing together. And uh, they've got Kevin Fiala, who's had his breakout here. This is a really big thing here to add another 23-year-old with some high, with a real high-end ability to this team. Yeah, when was the last time you had two young players that were the caliber of Kaprizov and Fiala on a wild team. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe you had hopes of that when uh, when Pierre-Marc Bouchard and Marion Gabrick were coming up, but I can't think of another time. I, I like, I, I guess when, I guess when Granlin and, you know, uh, Granlin and Zucker and Coyle and, uh, and Nita Ryder were coming up. That was, mm-hmm. uh, that was a real good, exciting moment. But at the same time, like it, this feels different just because we've seen, uh, we, we haven't seen Kaprizov in the NHL, but he has done everything you could ask for overseas. And then you have Fiala and like what Fiala did at his age is well ahead of what guys like Granlin and Coyle and Nita Ryder and Absolutely. Zucker were able to do at his age. So like we have like these two guys here who are really young and who aren't proven, but who have showed a lot of something at the highest levels that they've played in, uh, which for one of them is is the KHL, uh, but the other one is the NHL. Right, and I would say that even like with Fiala, he's the way he kind of took games over in February 
with his skating, with his stick handling and all of that. Like we didn't really see that from a Granlin. I mean, there's there definitely moments from Granlin. There's the 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 goal against the Avalanche in uh, what was that game three? Yep. In the fourteen playoffs, there was the the shoot the not the shootout but the overtime winner where Granlin won the faceoff and basically took it end to end against the Kings. Mm-hmm. And like he's, um, he's we've had some really fantastic plays with Granlin, but it feels like yeah. Yeah, there, there's, there's not really very much of the feeling that you ever saw with Granlin that, uh, that he, uh, you know, was able to uh, get the puck and then just like make you watch him like Fiala does. Fiala commands, <laughs> yeah, a different level of attention when he grabs the puck, and, and that's no offense to Mikhail Granlin, who is nope. an amazing player, um, right. very, very, very good player. But, you, you know, Fiala was showing stuff at the end of the year that, you know, you hadn't seen uh, from a, a young wild player, certainly, in a real long time. Right. And now you add Kaprizov to the mix and you've got another player that just has that. I hate to use this, the phrase because Game Breaker has become sort of like an inside joke among wild fans ever since Paul Fenton used it with 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 Fiala when he well, was first traded. Who's laughing now? <laughs> well, right. But you know, he's got that ability to really just make things happen both in the offensive zone, neutral zone, in transition, all that kind of stuff. Kaprizov, what he's been doing in the KHL, if he can translate that to the NHL, man, I, I gotta say, like the Wild really have a, a really solid one-two punch. And even if Fiala doesn't do kind of what he did in February for nearly as long. It's still a, a a great add. Plus, you've got the future with the with the draft picks. This is a really big deal for Minnesota, and um, I don't know about you, but I know like there's still people that are really stepping lightly. They try not to thrust so much upon Kaprizov. I mean, he just signed today. But do you do you have a feeling? I feel like a sort of sense of optimism. Like, no, this kid is the real deal, and he will be a legitimate stud in this league. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that I'm just being naive and, and trying to just project my own hopes and dreams onto this kid. But I do feel like with what he's able to accomplish in, in comparable leagues that this is, this might be legit. It's hard to not think that honestly for, for me, just like it is so hard to see him succeed at the, the level of hockey that he was to the, the the degree he was like he led the KHL in goal scoring twice before his 23rd birthday. <laughs> do you know, how, do you like that? That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen in the KHL. Like it is a, it is a tough league. It's not a junior league, mm-hmm. you know, no offense to like someone like Adam Beckman, who like is a very good prospect in the zone, right? Very good but it's prospect, not the same. It's yeah. Yeah. Very good season as a junior, but it's not the same as leading the, the uh, WHL in goal scoring. Like this is, this is a guy uh, who is very, very young, who is playing against a lot of men uh, and a lot of, um, you know, a lot of really talented players. Um, who like in in some cases uh, just never made the trip over to the uh, to North America or um, you know have played in the states and, and for some reason uh, went uh, back to Russia or are playing in Russia. Like there's a lot of NHL former NHL players there, and um, 
and he has he has run circles around all of them and uh and it is hard to uh to not think like okay he can do that here especially since like i i i do think that his game is probably going to translate uh to to uh the states just from everything that i've read you know he is uh it's interesting um it's interesting to uh to read the scouting report from Corey Pronman uh who is who's a much smarter hockey prospect person than <laughs> I am uh going in, in into this uh he has uh he has Kaprizov skating as an overall 60 grade on the 20 to 80 scale so so very good um, yeah. but for a size 55 and he's a little worried that um you know the smaller you are uh Kap, uh Kaprizov is, is 510 um, the smaller you are, the the better skater you want to see from from there. And I, I I can understand that, but like he's also very strong. Like if he like he he's very stocky. He's got a, lo- a lower body strength. Like um, he isn't going to get knocked off the puck easy. Which I'm not going to what... call him a mule, but pretty damn close. <laughs> yeah, with, uh, which the Moscow is, which mule. Which Promen points out too, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, like I don't care if he's uh, if he's five ten, and he's you know, a, as long as he's a good skater and he's five ten, and you can't knock him off the puck, then like that's as good to me as him being six one and a good it, skater and and not being able to to be knocked off the puck. So especially I, with where his game is, where he's around the net constantly. Yeah, like his game is his game is all about chances on the rush. And, uh, and, you know, finding those soft areas in traffic. Like, he's not a guy who dances around the perimeter. I I have really high expectations and, and do I think it's entirely fair to have extremely high expectations? No, but at the same time, like, you know what? I'm going to have fun with this. I'm just going <laughs> to have fun with this, Joe. Absolutely. Um, before we uh, take another break, I do want to ask you, what do you, th- I mean, obviously we're in unique times here, but um, what do you think about him coming over now and at least getting to practice and acclimate to it? Do you think that that's really going to benefit him than say what it would have been a normal year? Um, I know you mentioned in your article on zone coverage about the breaking news, you know, the, the KHL rinks are a little bit wider than, than the NHL rinks. Do you think that this really can, can prove to be a, a, a big time advantage for him going forward? I think as long as everyone can uh, can stay healthy, if the bubble you know isn't isn't compromised and people don't get sick, that's that's always the big uh, thing that's going to hang over all of this. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, like sports probably shouldn't be happening right now, but they are, and <laughs> right. uh, and you just got to deal with that fact, I guess. Um, but like, I, I think that it's going to benefit immensely for, for, uh, coming here now. How could it not? Um, you get to spend a few weeks with your teammates, uh, your new teammates getting to, getting to know them, uh, getting a, a feeling out process, uh, with them. Uh, it gives him time to, uh, to settle, um, down maybe in, uh, in his, what's, uh, what's going to be his new home for nine mm-hmm. months out of the year. Um, I don't know how it couldn't help to get this adjustment process started right now rather than uh than wait until uh you know what whatever the off season's going to be. So I uh I, I'm all for him uh being around the team. I, I think it could only help. And part of that new adjustment will obviously be learning 
and playing for a brand new coach. And so we'll get into Dean Evison. He was named the Minnesota Wild head coach for the next two years as he signed a two-year contract extension. So we'll break right now and we'll get right back into that in the next segment. You're listening to Locked on Wild. Welcome back to the final segment here on Locked on Wild. It's Joe and Tony of Zone Coverage guiding the ship here on your breaking news. Uh, previously, we talked about Kirill Kaprizov signing officially with the Minnesota Wild, but there was also another signing today, Tony, and that was the signing of Dean Evason to a two-year contract extension. He is now the full-time head coach, at least for the two year, next two years, uh, for your Minnesota Wild. And I guess my initial thought is, what do you think of the move? That's your initial thought is asking me what, what I think of the no, move. <laughs> no, my initial question to you is, what do you think of the move? Uh, it's a little curious to me, uh, just because um, you you know you, you are are doing this now before you know seeing what you had in the playoffs, uh, before uh, before you know knowing what coaches mm-hmm. might come to you and what might not come to you. Um, it would be uh, I, I I can see I can see anybody out there who wanted uh, the uh, the team to conduct a, a search for that, and it's not like it's not like last year either, where like uh, Dean Evason, if Bruce Boudreaux was let go or let for some reason, like Evason would have been you know a, a fait accompli as a uh, as a coach, just because he was uh, he was Paul Fenton's hire, he was kind of his uh, hand picked choice, right? That's not mm-hmm. the case with Garen. Garen comes in and Evison's on the stash, staff. Another GM hired him. Uh, and, and, you know, like Garen, you know, I assume that Garen coming up through the world of hockey and, uh, you know, coming up through the world of hockey and then coming up through, you know, the front office in, in Pittsburgh, uh, there had to have been some guys that Garen met along the way that are like, you know what, this guy he's going to be a good head coach someday. So sure. you would think that, uh, that Garen would have someone like that and maybe want to talk to them or, um, you know, if the, if the coaching search went wider than that, uh, the guy that I would have, uh, I, I would have been the most like, ah, I, you know, if I, you know, if I'm there, of course, I, I think right. you really need to talk to this guy before you make your decision is, uh, uh, Gerard Gallant. Um, right. I, I, I think that he's done, a lot of really good things with uh, with uh, coaching Vegas and, and getting honestly them to play a very fun brand of hockey. And before um, that, Florida. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like you know, I, I would have I would have wanted to talk to uh, to them, but at the same time, like uh, you know, they uh, Garen liked what he saw when uh, when he took over as coach. I know that's only. Uh, 12 games but he also saw throughout the season right that uh that you know uh, how he's worked with the team like he, he's seen him up close he's seen right. him work with the team the team seems to like him they seem to really respond to him when he took over as coach and um and if you're going to you know be a guy who gets good results like Everson did for those uh those 12 games and I know it's a very small sample size I'm I'm with you there, um, but if you're gonna get good results out of that, and your team likes and wants to play for you, then I don't see the problem in keeping him around. Yeah, I I don't 
necessarily hate the move. I think that being that the next couple of years are going to be really, really odd within the NHL, that maybe a little bit of continuity and getting this out of the way now maybe makes a little bit of sense, especially, I mean, he's got a history of working with younger players at lower levels um, and a little bit of development there within the National Predators system. And that's why he was brought here because he was Paul Fenton's main guy, essentially. So with the team trending younger now, maybe this is a guy that you can kind of bring in to see if he can grow sort of with the team. Now he's older than Mike Yo. I think he's got more history uh, within the AHL and also as an assistant coach than maybe Mike Yo did. Uh, but um, I don't know. I actually think this is great. Here's another question for you. What do you think about not going after the retreads? Um, you know what? I'm perfectly fine not going after any of like the retreads other than uh, other than Gallant. Like I said, I would have I would have talked to Gallant if I were them. But sure. um, if you you know, and I I don't know if we said it on the podcast, but I, I think we talked on Saturday planning mm-hmm. out our shows this week, and I think that's when we said it. Um, but you can't really talk about. You know, I don't want these retreads. The NHL keeps recycling the same 33 coaches over and over again, and that's really bad, right? You can't say that and also say, ah, man, why did they give this guy with no experience this very important head coaching job? It's like, like, okay, everybody who's listening to this who's under the, the, the age of 35, right? Uh, maybe, maybe this sounds familiar. Like they, they won't hire you to an entry level job unless you have experience. Well, how do you get the experience? Yeah. It's a double edged sword, right? It's that same dilemma. And and like, obviously like even as an assistant coach, Dean Evison is, is, is being paid a lot more than, uh, than any job that I've (laughs) ever had except for podcasting. But, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you. You can't cry about the good old boys in the NHL and, and kind of the the sort of nepotism that sort of happens within the NHL. And then also on the flip side, complain about giving, uh, you know, he's a longtime coach, a longtime assistant, AHL head coach, his first job in the NHL. I know, I know it seems to happen a lot in Minnesota that we do this. Um, but I think with, with, uh, with first time coaches or retreads, there's always that, that, gamble right there's always a bit of a gamble some coaches are better look at jared bednar he's actually been really great for for colorado and then you got you know dave hackstall who coached from uh coached the philadelphia flyers and he was from und and and he kind of floundered you're always going to have that risk you have that risk with any coach whether it's an older coach who's been in the league many times um or you have that with uh, with a first-time coach sometimes Really, what you're looking for is just how they manage people and how, and and the and do they respond to the voice in the locker room? Doesn't so, matter so much about the experience. Is there anything in particular that excites you about Evison? I kind of laid it out in my May article, but you know, I didn't want Peter Laviolette because when you kind of look at maybe like a Kevin Fiala, maybe there wasn't so much there to like about. The, the, the relationship between Laviolette and Fiala. So I did like a little bit kind of the, uh, the, the big change with Fiala getting really elevated 
in February after Boudreaux was fired to like, you saw the strategy for the wild was get Fiala the puck. Yeah. Uh, that That's what I'm excited about the most is somebody who like really gets and understands Fiala. Fiala had been on a hot streak before Bruce Boudreaux mm-hmm. got fired. So it's not like Bruce Boudreaux got fired and all of a exactly. sudden Fiala went on a complete tear. That's not what happened. Uh, no, but what no. did happen is uh, he started, Fiala started getting 18 minutes a game as opposed to under 15 minutes. And like that could have been even more, except there was like that seven to one blowout of Detroit where Fiala played less than 13 minutes. And you're like, yeah, you're probably good. It not uh, not going to hurt you. Yeah, we don't have to play a 20 minutes tonight. Um, but like, that's really exciting to me uh, that uh, that he gets Fiala on that level, and, and part of that I think has to go back to his relationship when uh, he coached Fiala in AHL's Milwaukee. Uh, Fiala was uh, 18, 19, and 20 when uh, when. Uh, when Everson coached him for 121 games. Uh, in that time in the AHL, uh, Fiala, as a very young AHL player, um, playing the, the majority of his games before turning 20, scored 36 goals and uh, and 89 points in, uh, in, uh, in, in 121 AHL games. Like, that's really good for a player that young. And in yeah. the last... In the last uh, year that he was in Milwaukee, uh, he just played 22 games before getting promoted to the big club, and he was on fire. He had seven goals, 12 assists in 22 games, while adding 76 shots wow. uh, as a 20-year-old. That's really unreal. And uh, and you know, knowing that uh, that you know he was able to get the most out of Fiala that he has that relationship and, and moreover like he's somebody who would value and like Fiala and let him run like that is what's like yes you know what even uh even if it doesn't work out like give me somebody who will facilitate Fiala advancing more growing more in his powers give give Fiala his Yoda to train under for two more years <laughs> yeah it, it's I kind of also liked what Everson did with some of the veteran players where it almost is like, you know what? These are our guys. They, he featured Jewel Eric's neck a lot more. He featured Fiala. He featured, uh, hopefully he features Kaprizov a lot more, more coming up in the future. And you start to see maybe like a Zach Prezi kind of take slightly more of a backseat. Now I know he was on a line with Fiala, uh, especially in the week that Fiala had that player of the week, but you know, he wasn't the focal point of that offense anymore. Um, and so maybe, maybe there's a little bit of more of accountability going on there too, where I'm going to play the best player and that's, what's going to happen. And, uh, maybe that's what translated into the, uh, the eight wins during that, during that stretch, during the uh, 12 game audition that Everson had. And good goaltending. He told, he told Alex stay like, you know what? Yep. You know how sometimes you don't make saves. What if you stopped <laughs> that? Yeah. What if you got good kid? Uh, anyways, what if you what if you saved the puck and that's and that's what Bruce Boudreaux didn't do. Like they paid him all those millions of dollars and he forgot to tell Alex Stalock to make saves. It's it's really unfortunate. definitely not what Yo did either. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, that's gonna do it for today's show. Tony, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at oh hi Tony. You can find my work at oh my god, I'm losing it. I'm losing it. It's coming back. My work. 
<laughs> at uh, zonecoverage.com. Yep, make sure you follow uh, Tony Ab- Abbott at uh, Ohai Tony on Twitter as well. So I think he said that, but I wanted to make sure I got in the uh, the name change pronunciation because we're going to go Caprice on it. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JoeBoo15. Also follow all my work on Fridays at zonecoverage.com. If you liked today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Locked on Wild. You can also get in touch with us via email. Just email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Locked on Wild. And be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around the breaking news for your Minnesota Wild every day.